0: to congregate together to be able to just worship your name and just listen to your word. And as we're nearing this end of youth group about to end, I just thank you for this time we've allowed to allowed us to just spend together this whole school year. And uh, as camp is coming up, I just pray that all these people excited to go will just keep strong to go to camp, not waver, to be able to just spend a whole week apart from everything, to be able to just reflect on you with friends, to be able to experience you in all your glory, away from all distractions. And I pray as Dan comes up here with this message to give to us, that you just speak through him and impact our hearts and just show us this message you have for us. And in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. I appreciate that. I am... um, I just got to say, I felt a little sen- sentimental uh, in the song as I heard Corbin uh, leading and singing because he's been doing this for a while. And uh, like he uh, was it two years ago or a year or two ago, I was like, "Dude, I really need you to lead in the band." And uh, I never had to say another word. He just jumped right in. So, dude, I appreciate you and uh, in, in what you've done. And man, I know you're going to be on the New York trip this ne- next week. Uh, but then we might have another week w- with you here. So, but I was just like, I'm just, I find with age, I'm more sentimental. I just, I get, I'm just like, suck it up, damn, pull it together. Um, what book are we in? Second Timothy, and we're in chapter 4. So we made it to chapter 4. There's only three more messages that we have this week, the next week, and the next week uh, that we're going to be in this book. Now, l- let me share this with y'all. Use a t- at- attendance has been fantastic for for the month of June so far, and for the month of june we 're going to have the edge for the rest of the month the last week we 'll have a time here we i 'll meet with parents about camp, but you young still come and play games and do some stuff but even if the church no longer meets for the rest of summer because it 's been very slim as in they 've been only having just about the staff kids and almost that 's about it uh, uh, over there since uh, I wanna came to an end. So that, that that may stop this next week. They'll make the call tonight. We'll still have the edge next week uh, because y'all are showing up when and we would still have done it even if there was twelve of y'all. We were going to meet through the month of June because we're already going to take five or six weeks off, and that's a very long time. Uh, we don't want to take off more than that. So, who wrote the book of Second Timothy? Paul. He wrote it to who? And y'all say that with such, a, Paul. Timothy, he wrote it to Second Timothy. You know, uh, and where was Paul when he wrote it? In Rome, and where was he in Rome? In prison. That's right. And and the, and, and as we 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 know, Tim, Tim, Timothy was a dear son in the faith. They weren't related, but he loved him like a son. He states it over and and over. And for what we can understand, this is probably the last let, a letter that we have that we know that Paul wrote before he was put to. To Death, so these are the last words of Paul, so even as we 're hitting chapter Four, only three three more weeks, uh, understand this is sort of the last of the last month of what he 's wanting to get in now i 've got a story i 'd like to start with, and it 's a story about my dad okay, and it 's a story some of you have probably heard if you 've been around here, I think I shared the story in big church many years ago, uh, and so some of you go, Oh, I remember this story um, <clears throat> And let me just jump into it. Are, are you ready? Are you sure you're ready? Now, understand my dad's a different type of guy. If you've heard stories about my dad, you'll, you'll hear this and go, oh, he's, wow, that's his dad. Um, when I was a wee lad, just a wee lad, the age of 10 to 11, there was a, a professional soccer team in town called the Jacksonville T-Men. Okay, it's, we're talking 1981, 82, I think. And, and they would go to a place called the Gator Bowl. Everbank wasn't here. It's where Everbank is and is what Everbank turned into. But it was the Gator Bowl at that time. And so that's where we would go for these games to go watch this team play. Now, at the time, they could probably see, I'm guessing... 60,000, when you say it a lot of times, it makes it like really sound big. So you're like, wow, that's a lot of people. Okay, um, at least I didn't do it 60 times. Now, now, the T-Men were a, a big team here in town, and so we would maybe fill up 10% of the stadium at the time, maybe a little more than that. So 6,000 out of 60,000 would be there. So there was... A lot of empty seats. So I just want to give you the setting of what was was going on here. We go, my mom, dad, my sister, and me, and we go and we take our seats. And there's, um, I noticed a group of guys about three rows down from us that would remind me of a 1974 Gang of Thugs. Sort of is what if you could sort of stereotype them out. That's sort of what they look like. And um, they stand up the flag. They're going to sing the. Anthem, and we stand up, and, and you know, hand at words and this group of, of guys—there's like five or six of them, probably eighteen-ish—they're uh, just being loud, uh, obnoxious, and and rude. And so, my father, being this sweet gentleman that he is, he walks down in the middle of the anthem to these these guys and, and says this. I don't know if it was in the middle of it or it, it, I was 12, so it's it's foggy and I've tried to push most of this out of my mind because it t- terrified me for years. He went down and said um, um, I, his words were, because I've asked him about this as of late, and he said my words were um, um, fellas uh, I understand it's not your fault that your parents didn't raise you right. That's the first thing he said. And then he says when the National anthem is played, and the song is being sung. You've got two uh, uh, options. He said, you can stand up and sing, or you can stand up and shut up. But those are your only two options. At that point, my dad walks back to where we're at. And I really don't know what's going on at the time, but but all I see is these guys are giving us the stank eye um, for the next hour and 27 minutes or whatever, however long we were there. And I I didn't really know what was up. So as we head out, the game is over. I don't know who won. We probably lost because we lost a lot. Um, And understand, it's a a sparsely attended game. And for some reason, we are parked at the farthest parking lot. I can remember seeing this, and our car is like all by itself. It feels like a mile away. And as we're walking out... I notice this group of guys are right behind us. And there's no other cars by ours. And they're following us closely. And I'm being half-dragged by my mom as my dad's behind us and she's dragging us trying to get us out to the car because they're saying some pretty rude and crude crude things. At this point, I hear my dad say to mom, just get the kids to the car. I'll take care of everything. As he gets to the car, these guys are right on top of us. And I just remember being thrown in. And my dad reaches in and he pulls out. It looks like like this. He pulls this out. But it's a gun disguised as a wallet. And he pulls it out and he points it at the lead dog guy that's right there. And he said... The the, the guy noticed it's a small gun. It's got two shots in it. There's like six of them, and they're right on top of us. And he he said, he 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 laughed at my dad. Said you can't get get us all. And my dad said, well I will get you. And he said, are you ready to meet Allah? This is what my dad said to him. God, you know he didn't know who the guy believed, and he stuck it right at the guy's forehead. Okay, I'm 11. I'm 12. You wonder why I stutter at this time. Okay, it started that night. <laughs> uh, I'm kidding. It was years, years before that when so- something else occurred. Um, at that point, and, and, and if I remember right, two of the guys had knives in their hand. At that point, they backed up. We got in the car, and we went home. That's a little bit wild, isn't it? And can I tell you all, I've got 40 stories that are like that, <laughs> that are real. I really need to write a book because my dad should not be alive. Um, he should have died when he was 18, 24, 26, 29, 32. Uh, my dad is the only man I know that, that actually had a a hit put out on him. The the sheriff's office knew about it, that someone was wanting to kill him. I wasn't allowed to ride, ride, ride with my dad for three or four years. I didn't know it at the time. It was just odd. I was always with mom. So it's just some weird stories. There's a whole lot to that story. It's just sort of fun to hear because you're like, no way, that's crazy. But this is one thing I love about the story and I love about my dad. My dad has always been a man who knows that there's cost to stand up to stuff. Now, he probably, I will say this, I love him to death, but he probably doesn't do things exactly the best way for it to be solved. I think there's probably a more gracious way. And as he's aged, he would probably say, yeah, I could have probably done that a little bit better, been a little bit nicer about it. But he had conviction. He had conviction that when the, the, the flag is, is flown and when the anthem is sung, that you stand and you honor those that have died for it, those that fight for it, and you're, you're proud of it. That, that's the freedom that we have. That's a conviction he had. And he wasn't going to let some, at the time, some, some punks ruin the moment. And he wanted a chance for them to know that this is important for people. Understanding that there could be a cost to it, it which there was. We were. I was dragged. I've got scars from where I was dragged on my, my feet. I'm kidding. I don't scar. You're already looking really. Wow. But still, that's conviction. Now we're going to be in a pa- a pa- pa- passage that I've read over and over. And if if you don't have conviction, you will never live this out in your life. Now. There's a difference between belief. I believe, and I, and I have conviction over something. Belief is something that's like, yeah, I believe this to be true. There's a story that I've been told, uh, I've heard for years of a guy that walked on a tightrope. There was a, it was over a cliff, going across it. He walks across and back forth. It's in the like 1930s or 40s, and so they're not TV sets, So the crowds there on the side of cliffs and they clap. Go, woo! That's really awesome. And he, then he takes a wheelbarrow full of potatoes and he wheels that thing across and he wheels it back and they're like, whoa, that's amazing. He says, and he says to the crowd, hey, do you think that I could take a a human being, like a man and stick him in this and walk him back and back there and come all the way back and be saved? And they say, yeah, we believe you can go. And, and then he asks, well, who will be my volunteer? Would you do it? Now I might believe he can do it, but am I going to believe it enough that I will help him prove that he can? I mean, what if, he, what if he just has a bad day? What if he has gas right in the middle? What if I have gas right in the middle? Or more, you know? It could be very... And so that, that, that's what... You know, conviction is this. It's when you have a belief in something and you be- believe it... Because we believe a lot of stuff. But you believe it enough for it to change the way that you live. You believe it enough to act. And when you believe it enough to act, that's where conviction is. Um, We believe that children starving around the world, everybody in this room would believe that children starving around the world um, is a bad thing. Okay, if you don't believe that, you need to be beaten a little bit or something, right? Uh, The question is, are we convicted enough to do something about it? You go, well, what could I do about it? Well, Compassion is one of the many groups that helps to school, to feed, to teach them about the Lord. Uh, And it's like a dollar and 16 cents a day. And if you understand the income, the money that comes through your hand, you go, well, I don't have a job on 12 or 13. It's amazing how much money sort of can float in your hand. Conviction, belief to action. We believe that bullies are wrong at school or wherever they're at because in life, you don't find bullies just at school. They're, they're, they could be where you work, where you go, on your street. We believe that bullies are wrong, but are we connected, convicted enough to stand up against it, even for those that are too weak to stand up for themselves? Conviction, belief, import, this is an important concept. Uh, we believe that saying God's name in vain is wrong. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, and you believe in in God's Word, you believe in the Ten Commandments, you believe it's wrong, but it's used wrong all the time. How often are we willing to speak up against it, or not fall in the trap of society and do it ourselves? Belief to conviction. Um, Last thing I put, we may believe that we're to be a light to a hopeless world. And I think if you understand, go, I believe the Word of God, I believe I'm a believer in Jesus Christ and if that's if you believe those two things then you understand we're called to be a light even when it's hard even when it's scary belief to conviction so let's stand to get together we're going to read this text together 2nd Tim, Tim, Timothy chapter 4 beginning in verse 1 and this is what it says I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing in his kingdom, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but have itching ears, They, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions, and will turn away from listening to the truth And wander off into mists. As for you, always be sober minded, minded, enduring suffering, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. Let's pray and then we'll we'll, we'll go through this text. Dear God, we thank you for your word. I just ask for you just to um, give us the courage to follow where you lead, even when it costs us, uh, especially when it costs us. Uh, and, Lord, may we honor you with our lives and as we work through this text today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, y'all have a seat. <clears throat> it says right here, I charge you. Okay, this is not, understand, these are some of the last, this is the last cha- chapter that we're in. And so some of the last things he's saying, and he says, is, I charge you. It means I hold this up against you. This is what you ought to be about. And, and, and guys, as we learn the word of God, Understand as you learn it and you take it in, you understand it, you're you're supposed to live it out. If you believe it's the the word of God, don't take what Dan says as gold. You take the word as gold and hopefully what Dan says helps out with understanding what the word says. It says, I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ, Jesus, who is is to judge the living and the dead and by appearing in his kingdom. So there's a lot of weight in what he says. And look at verse 2. He says this. Preach the Word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. Now, um, preach the Word. What what does that mean, essentially? And we'll talk a little bit more of this at the end. It's to speak God's truth out wherever you go. It's not going, well, I've got to go there, and I've got to bring a podium with me wherever I go so I can preach the word when I'm going to Burger King or Chick-fil-A. It's it's just in your life, you're you're going to to talk about who God is and, and what he's done for you. That's preaching the word. And it says this, be ready in season and out of season when it's easy and when it's hard. Be ready. And then it says, reprove, which is cor- correct, rebuke, and exhort. Okay, there's three things. Now, we talked about this l- last week, that the Word of God is a lot about you correcting. And some will say, don't judge me. Well, it's about the Word of God judging you and what you're doing. So you let the Word of God do that. But th- this is a quote I saw. It's, it's correction showing the people where they're wrong. Rebuke is telling them to stop, showing them where they're wrong, telling them to stop. uh, And then you encourage to keep living for Jesus. You correct, you rebuke, you show them, you tell them to stop, and then you encourage them to live for Christ. That's what we're called to do in verse 2. And then it says this in verse 3, and it goes 3 through, um, we're just going to read, Three and four. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound doctrine or te- 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 teaching, but have itching ears. They will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions, and they will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. Now, I've got a, um, a, a one more story I'd like to share, and there's a picture that's it's a weird picture because it's, it's a picture of my leg. Don't show it yet okay don 't show it yet, um, but i 've got a scar on my leg from when I was hit by a car when I was about the age of twelve. okay, so t- take a look at this picture it 's on the inside of my leg okay, you see it right there that 's on this part of my leg behind the knee you can 't see it real well, but as i 've grown it 's not as big as it was, but it goes it goes from from right here all the way around the back of my of my leg now. When, when people used to see it, when I was in shorts, they'd go, dude, what is that? And I would say, well, I was hit by a car when I was 12. And they'd go, no way, really? And I'd, I'd, I'd sort of go, yeah, that, that's that's, what, that's sort of what occurred. Now, <clears throat> um, and the, the, the truth is it, it ripped on the bumper of the car, the, the underside. It ripped the leg. I flipped over the car. I slid off the side of it. And it looked like brains were hanging out of my leg, pink brains. Ooh, sickening in here. I didn't have a picture of that. Sorry. Um, so it, it was like, uh, so. I, and I remember shoving it back in my leg as I was trying to wait for help to get there and, um, and telling somebody to calm down and just give me help. I was cool. I was like, oh, this is bad. And I'm really going, dude, that's like pink brains. I mean, this crazy. That's in your leg? I mean, I know I'm smart, but man. So, um, Now, if I were to really come clean with you, a lot of that story is sort of true. Oh, you're going, wait, what? The truth is, I wasn't actually hit by a car. Um, The the car was parked. I know, I know, it's just a little detail I left out, just a little bit, a little bit. And, um... The truth of the story is, um, it wasn't just anybody's car, it was my mom's car. And it was in our driveway, and I was doing a wheelie all the way down the driveway. I came down right at the car and hit it uh, and flipped over. Uh, Now, the story of me being hit in the car, thats always sounded a lot cooler when I was like 13 or 12, 13, 18, 24. It's always been cooler, right? And there's some truth because I was hit by a car or I hit a car, but the earth was spinning and something happened and I hit and flipped and ripped and scarred me up, okay? Are you you with me? Some of you are going, you're a liar. I trusted you. Um, what's the point of that story? The world teaches today that God is love. Many church, churches, they teach that, that God is Is love, and can I tell tell you that that is true? God is love, but there is so much more to the story of who God is. God is also just. He is also pure and holy and right, 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 righteous. He He demands for us to obey His commandments. Some would say He's judgmental. He's a lot more than love. There's a lot more to the story. A lot of of of, of the world today will go, well, well, we're just going to show a God that, that's just He's loving and He loves you and everybody can come here and we accept everybody and everything is okay. And the problem is that's just not the whole story, but it sounds nice. I mean, I want a God that's just gonna love me uh, and just love on me and let me do whatever I want. Just uh, Burger king, have it your way mentality. That's what I want. But can I tell you? God is love, but God is so much more than that. In a great, he's, he's just. God will always do what is right. That's why he gave his son as a sacrifice, because nothing else was. He could have gone, okay, I just, I'll give you all a free pass because I love you. No, because he's just, and there was a payment for it, and there's a cost to it. So there's so much more t- to God. But in this world that we live in, churches today... Many in the church, they just want to hear these nice things. Well, I go to this church, and it's great because they don't judge at all. And we just talk about how great God is and how much he, he loves us, and that's all we, we talk about. Your life will never be transformed if that's what you go by. Because we're called to obey his commandments. We're called to be a light in a world, even when it's hard. So when it says, for the time is coming when people will not endure sound te- te- teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions. That's going on so much right now. As you read this, it's going on so much right now. Um, Pastor Mikey even preached this in church this week. He says, well, wide is the gate that leads, and easy is it to go through that leads to destruction and to death, but, but narrow, narrow and hard. There's actually only one way to get through the gate that leads to life. Uh, God is just. Don't miss that in the the teaching. Now, just for, you know, what's interesting, this isn't the first time Paul has wrote about false teachers, right? I mean, he's preached or uh, spoke about it quite a few times as we've gone through this book. Here's a clip just to refresh yourself because in the world today. If you're insulted because you love this person so much, I'm sorry, but this clip I can't get away from because it sort of describes what I talked to you about, what the world is saying on, um, on who, who God is. Go ahead. I want to encourage every one of us to realize when we obey God, we're not doing it for God. I mean, that's one way to look at it. We're doing it for ourselves, because God takes pleasure when we're happy. That's the thing that gives him the greatest joy this morning. So I want you to know this morning, just do good for your own self. Do good because God wants you to be happy. When you come to church, when you worship him, you're not doing it for God, really. You're doing it for yourself, because that's what makes God happy. Amen. What you just said That sort that sort of harsh at the end. Can I tell you? Be honest, it's harsh at the end, but it's true. Okay, it's it's true. Um, oh, that clip you, you watch it and you just go, "Where's the crack pipe they're passing around?" I mean, there's something going on that's just crazy when we we look at that. Who who got it? I showed that to you like a month ago. I just thought y'all needed to see it again. He it says in verse five. Um, as for you, be sober-minded, enduring suffering. Do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. So, sober-minded. It's not saying, it's not going, oh, he's talking about not being drunk or something. It, it, he's talking about being level-headed. Head, think straight. Hey, hello, McFly. You know, Think straight. Get it. You know, It's okay. Don't get caught up in stuff. When it doesn't match up with who God is, it's not a part of who God is. If it doesn't match up with you know who God is, it's not a part of who God is. It's just you understand what the truth is. When I think about the the, the verse verse two, uh, pre- preach the word, uh, be prepared in season and out of season. I also can't escape First Peter three, fifteen. I think I've got it uh, to throw up on the on the screen. It says, "But in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being pre- always being prepared to make a defense." to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you, yet do it with gentleness and respect. If you notice in 2 Tim, 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 Timothy 2, uh, and I, I, I missed this part, but it said, um, ex- reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. That we're called to, to show someone what the truth is. We're, we're called to tell them when they're wrong and, and encourage them, but do it with patience and with teaching. We're supposed to do this and defend our faith with gentleness and respect, not shouting and spitting. We're supposed to do it with grace. That's what God gives us, grace. That's what we do as we give grace back out. Preach the Word. It's what we're called to do, and we will do. If we, it's a belief we have, and it's not a conviction that we have, we will never do it. And we go, well, is that the only place where it says to preach the Word? Oh my goodness, the the text we could be here all night, seeing where God says, "Hey, speak up f- for me, tell people about me, uh, be a light for a world that needs to see me." And some some so, some of you uh, might say this when I say, "Hey, guys, preach the word." Your first thing in your head, you 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 think this, but I don't know how. And I've got three words for you. Yes, you do. You're like, no, wait. No, you'll understand. I really don't know how. I've got three more, more words. Yes, you do. And this is how you share your faith. And y'all are going to help me in a second because you know this. I am, some of you are like, oh, again, we're doing this again. Yeah, because you know how to preach the word. It's pre- Preaching is speaking about your faith. And you cannot preach the word to someone. Someone cannot know that they need Christ unless they know they're lost. They cannot know it unless they know they're lost. And you know the Bible for this stuff. For most of you that are in this room, um, we've gone through this time for time. If you've not, maybe you'll learn something right now. Everybody stand up. So if I'm going to tell somebody and go, well, you know, if they say, why do you believe in God or G- Jesus? I would say, well, you know what? We're all lost. Everybody is lost. We all sin. Uh, and I'm totally convinced of this. Now, in the Bible, where does it say that? W- we all sin. It's in Romans 3, 20, 23, which, which says what? For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Okay, this is, is, is so look, for all have sinned like a devil and come short of the glory of God. Okay, so we, we know we, we've all sinned, and I believe it not only believe it because I read it, I believe it because I experience it, and I see it in the world around me. And I love all, all all, all, of you, but you're a sinner. Amen. Amen. For all sin. And then it says in Romans 6, 23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Okay? So we... Uh, Understand that if we all sin, that um, what can I hear y'all speak up this next time? Are you ready now? You ready? Okay. Romans six twenty three says what? For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Okay. So we understand that sin leads to death, but that's not the end of it. There's hope for us. Now there's there's a verse everybody. If you were raised in church, are are y'all hot? Uh, Well, it's it's good because we're about to talk about hell. No, I'm kidding. Um, Now, there's a verse you all know, and it's John 3.16, but we've never done the motions for it. Okay, John 3.16, there are motions for it? Y'all are like a, a freak youth creep. I mean, what's wrong with you people? Okay, so it's for God so loved the world that he gave, like a gift, his only begotten son. That whosoever believes, don't do believe, because it's more than this belief, it's this belief, right? Believes in him shall not perish. So not perish is it. So we're going not like no, 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 perish, but have everlasting life. Okay, so first, most in this room go, I've heard that all, all my life. But that's just a way to be weird in front of people, okay? So let's do that. John 3, 3 16, 4. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. John 3, 16. So that, that's hope for us. Though we sin, there is a way for us to be saved, and it's through Jesus Christ, his Son. And there's an in- interesting truth about this. There's not many ways to God. There's only one way to God. In John 14, 6. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. That's what what he said. He said, there's no other way to get to God. And this is what you've got to do. You put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. It's not in a prayer that you do. It's you going, God, I accept the sacrifice that you made, and I give you my life. Romans 10, 13 says... For all who call, 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 on the name of the Lord will be saved, okay? Okay, y- y'all, are, y'all are crazy. Now, now, this is the way, this is it, don't repeat after me. For all who call, and call like, like a crow, we just do call, call, call. I don't know why, it just has, it's evolved into this. In the name of the Lord, this used to be like Lord, right? And we used to do a song way back. The name of the Lord is. Okay. So, Lord, in the name of the Lord will be, and you're taking a, a, a life preserver, the ring, and you're throwing it. You're in a boat. They're in the water. They're going to drown. You're trying to give them a chance to be saved. They're drowning. So, you're throwing it, but it's pretty far down there. So, so it will be saved. That's the way that works, all right? You know how to preach the word. You know how. It's scary, but when is your belief going to be compelled enough where it's conviction? And even though I could flop right here, even though they may threaten to beat the tar out of me, I'm going to talk about God. And if they ask me to stop, I'll stop. I'm not going to be rude. I'm going to do it with gentleness and respect, but I'm going to do it. Now let's run through these just real quick again because I'm not sweating quite enough tonight. I need a little bit more. More. So Romans 3 23. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Next one is Romans six twenty-three. For the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Now, John 3.16, a new one. It says this, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And what we know about that, there's only one way, John 14, 1497, 14.6, okay, 14.6. John, ready? John 14.6, Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. And all we have to do is put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Romans 10.13, say it. Romans four. For all who call on the name of the Lord will be save let's pray dear god i thank you so much for your love i thank you so much for your truth i thank you that you help us and you allow us to do weird things so your word will stick and lord use it use it even lord i ask this week uh, to make your name great uh to give hope to a world that needs to hear you and lord we thank you for the gift of your son jesus christ for it's in his name we pray amen all right Sign up for the band thing, sign up for camp. If you're interested, we will be meeting next week.